Hello there, dope human. It is an honor to have your ears here. And I mean that because you are investing time with me and other awesome humans. And when you are investing your time like this, it sends a ripple out into the collective and in the universe. So thank you for choosing this and choosing yourself. It would mean the world if you haven't already to subscribe, to leave a review if you feel called to that, or donate. There's a PayPal link in the description in the show notes and so you can do it that way if you feel called also if you feel called to work with me in any capacity for retreats one-on-one coaching breakthrough sessions all that is in the show notes that website is feeling-free.com this week we have my friend cal callahan and we dive into unlearning about traditional parenting marriage and money and how fear-based typical parenting is and even marriages and his perspectives and honesty and vulnerability of his experience with these things will enlighten you and i've been interested in parenting more so of like just how can we do it differently but not just talk about it actually do it and he offers some tangible insights practical takeaways and tools that you can use and i know it'll inspire you and offer you a new perspective and i thank you so much for being here and yeah why wait let's just go baby all right y'all enjoy this episode welcome to the feeling free podcast my name is ben harris also known as the fear guy my job is to help you feel more free in your life with love and relationships, self-worth, and much more. I'm happy you're here. I love you. I believe in you. Let's break free from fear together. All right, my brother Cal. (laughs) Great to be here with you. Dude, I'm thankful. This is really cool. So I want to start this off by saying, um, I guess giving a brief introduction of how we met and how shortly we've known each other. Mm. But in that short time, I've already felt, I mean, I can, I mean, I get along with mostly everyone. I could tell that. Right. But, (laughs) but at the same time is with you, I felt something different, like a different connection. Um, and, and part of that, and, and part of that, you just don't know. And then, so either way we were, at Sun Life in Austin, shout out to the Sun Life OGs in Austin, at least. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Cleo. But I was, so we ran into each other in the morning, had a, the first conversation, like sit down solo conversation that we've had. And then a couple of other people, a uh, few people came and sat with us. And so one thing that like gained a lot of respect um, from me for you is the conversation obviously i had no context mm-hmm. and it was cool that you like you consciously made an effort to say well hey ben just to like loop you in to make to give you an idea of what we're talking about you made sure to like hey ben to give you context here's here's the context on what we're talking about and just that small thing like no one really does that so i wanted to thank you mm-hmm. and just and see you and recognize you for that Cause it's seriously really cool for just, you know, a uh, somewhat of a stranger, especially for the other people to loop that in instead of just kind of like, just listen to this conversation. That was really cool. So thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, it, uh, 
you know, thinking back on, on that, that morning we spent over there. Uh, yeah, I don't even know where that came. I guess that's just kind of what I'm, uh, I don't know how else to do it. Right. To, <laughs> you know, I want, mm -hmm. I want everyone to have, yeah, proper context for what's going on. And I want you to meet Adrian and Christina and Boyd and whoever else showed up on that day and mm -hmm. to make sure that everyone, um, you particularly because you didn't know them, but to like, look, we're, we're all trying to sort this stuff out and there's so much to be gained by us sharing counsel at a place like Sun Life in the mm -hmm. morning. Who knows what's going to happen? And we even talked about it as we were sitting down, what's mm -hmm. the plan for the day? And both of us were like, I don't fucking know, <laughs> you know, yeah. but we're going to just go with it. And then what unfolded was you and I had an amazing conversation. And from that, uh, some other people showed up and, and I was meeting with someone. And so I, I was chatting with them and you went and, and hung with, with Adrian and Christina and, you went deeper into the stuff that we were talking about yeah. and it dovetailed perfectly. And, you know, again, like thinking about the word that I chose today, open, you were just open. And because you were open, all these connections were happening between what you and I were talking about, what you and Adrian and Christina were talking about, and mm -hmm. things were just clicking. And I found that in my life, when I'm open and I'm not trying to figure everything out in the way that it has to all make sense and it's got to fit together. It's like what, like just being in the flow of what's, what's out there for like, to use a fucking corny term, but what's out there for medicine. Mm. And when, when we're in a group like that in our little groups and we've got the bigger group, that's kind of, you know, mm -hmm. over the whole thing, there's so much that we have to share with one another. Um, and Adrian the other day when, when he and I were hanging out, it's just like we're just we're just mirrors for one another and you know i've often thought about that in the context of when someone triggers me okay and i know that there's something about them that i don't like that is a, an aspect of me and so i'm triggered it's generally how people talk about that but what he was saying is when you see the light in someone, you're just seeing yourself and they're reflecting back. And mm -hmm. when we come in to a conversation very open, I, I believe those parts of us really shine through. And there's a, you know, it's a phrase, if you spot it, you got it. So if mm -hmm. I see that in you, that means I have it too. And uh, it was just really the first time in anyone's ever kind of presented it that way because again it's always like <laughs> triggering you and you've got some work to do because you know you see yourself in him and so I think that that was part of what was happening you know you were you were lit up you know I know mm -hmm. when you left it was just you were cows that's great conversation with Adrian and mm -hmm. like yes like that's it like that's the magic of being open and and that's why I spend so much time down at Sun Life in the morning because I, on, on some level, I don't know who's going to show up, but I know who's going to show up mm -hmm. and they're going to find their way to my table or I'm going to find my way to their table mm -hmm. and we're going to, we're just going to let the day unfold. And from there, 
you know, it, it's, it's such an amazing, for me, it's such an amazing way to start the day. And it, it um, you know, we've talked about my podcast, Great Unlearn, and, and this whole unlearning concept. I just want to do things differently. I want to question all the ways I've done things and others, the way they've done things. And there aren't a lot of people that will go to a place like Sun Life, you know, whether I drop my kids off at school or not, like I'm probably going down there during the week. Mm -hmm. And it's outside the typical male productivity. I need to go do this. I need to get these things done. I need to show face wherever. I, I don't, I don't want to play that game anymore. And when I've stepped out of that game and I created space in my life for those moments, this came out of it for crying out loud. Yeah, literally right? what we're doing. What we're doing right now mm -hmm. from one moment that you and I happen to be in there at the same moment, the only two in there, Yeah, the, the weather wasn't great. Mm -hmm. And um, you just never know. And that's like being open to like whatever the universe has for you like just getting out of my own ideas and strategizing towards a particular goal like just being open to like what what do i want like what feels good what feels good is being down there and surrounded by people who mm. are curious and interesting and have life stories that um that i can learn something from so it's been yeah, it's been great. So I'm glad that's where <laughs> we we reconnected mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, since I got back from the summertime, spent a lot of time there. And it's been amazing. A lot of just beautiful energy there. So, yeah. So for people to give reference, um, if you're not in, whether you're in Austin or not. Um, so Sun Life started in Malibu um, by Khalil. How do you say his last name? Rafati. Rafati. Okay. So it's more than just like a smoothie and smoothie bowl health food store, I especially, I mean, I haven't experienced it in the LA regions. Me, me neither. But I imagine it has to be similar, but it's different here because I feel, I don't know, I guess maybe I could unlearn that. Right. But there's def from what I've been told is that it is different. Austin in general is different than LA. But anyway, to, that's the reference is we go, feast on smoothie bowls and um when you're talking about being open and learning and also unlearning what is something for you because you've had a lot of success what you would just mention probably doing things the old way mm -hmm. because how we started like how we met in sun life we both literally said we don't know what we're doing today and i was reading the ingredients of a product but really in my mind it was like what the hell am I going to do today? Like I have no, no, nothing planned. How am I going to make it productive? <laughs> and then I turned around and saw you. Right. And so, but I wasn't like, Oh, let's be productive. It was, but it was that space and open. So what is one, two things, whatever you feel called to share of something recently, or even just the past few years of just like something that has been, maybe you've been resistant to of like, this is the old way that I'm so used to that you've unlearned and I've been yeah. open to, um, observe and experience yeah great question and you know just to give people again some context for for my life uh i i after college i spent 18 years in chicago as a trader 
did really well and left that business in 2013. And, uh, you know, on, on some levels, retired. I certainly retired from trading, but, you know, was on to the next thing. I was getting into fitness coaching. I was, that was all I was really interested in was training, nutrition, lifestyle. And so it, it made sense for me to get into that because I wanted to help other people find their, their path because it was so powerful for me. So we moved down to Austin and did it for a little bit. Thought I was going to open a gym. Didn't end up opening a gym. And, um, you know, since then, I've been, I've been involved with a few other things, but have largely been just investing, you know, money that I have made previously. And um, that's been kind of a focus of mine. I started the podcast in January of 2020. And... Um, I've really just been doing my own work, inner work, right? Probably for the the past four years. I'm still surrounded by many people. You know, we go to a beautiful place up in Idaho in the summertime. There's a little, you know, highly successful people and surrounded by uh, the same kind of insatiable uh you know uh, achievement mindset mm -hmm. where you're working towards this particular goal within your business you finally hit it and then you put another flag in the ground and go do that you know there's it's 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 kind of never enough and i started to see that a few years ago and i certainly had uh elements of that in my life where someone always had more money, someone always had this, and, and it wasn't, I wasn't obsessive about it, but the thoughts mm -hmm. still came, and the thoughts will probably always still come, just how do, how do I react to those thoughts? And for me, I've, I've started to recognize that that's just a story, like the way I want to live my life, yeah, I've done well financially, so I have... A, a lot of financial flexibility, mm -hmm. so I, I don't I don't want to discount that at all. But but largely, I'm I'm not I'm not chasing more money. Mm. I'm chasing more experience that makes me feel alive. And and today, you know, I was talking at Sun Life this morning mm -hmm. uh, with, with with a similar group, and Jesse Elder was also with us said, you know, people ask me what I do and I fucking always fumble with the words mm -hmm. because I, I don't, I can't define what I really do. Mm -hmm. I can't define it. It's just, a, it's just a knowing about how I feel and move through the world and move through this life and show up for, for my family and friends. And I just, I've become really attuned to what makes me feel alive. And in this season right now, it's not about doing inner work. It's not about, you know, doing, having psychedelic journeys that have these big openings and then the integration. I've done that. It's been powerful. But right now, it's about play. And, uh, you know, I'm a part of, a, you know, a few men's groups and 
they were huge for me. Uh, one in particular over the past, you know, basically year to help me get into that inner work. But, but if you're always staying in the inner work, you know, they kind of, they talk about the medicine wheel, um, Native American medicine wheel. And in the fall is where you're doing that inner work. And if you're always in the inner work, you're always in the fall. And I felt like I was, not that I wasn't enjoying life, but there was a big emphasis on being in that space. I'm in the, the, the summer season right now where it's play and fun and joy. And I'm following that as long as I feel that that's the thing to do. So I didn't specifically answer your question, but I, and I, and I want to, um, I think we have to be open. No, I just, I know we, we, we need to be open to doing things differently than we were taught. Um, and that's where, again, the unlearning comes from. It's having the courage to question all, all of those things because wrapped up in all those things uh, is your, you know, belief system. And when you start to question the way you've done things, you start to question the way you think, you start to wonder, are those even my thoughts? Or is that something that's been put upon me? I've been indoctrinated, whether it's intentional or not. Your parents passing down what they knew. Mm-hmm. Your, you know, your other kind of, I don't want to call them elders because they're, they're, there aren't a ton of elders right now, but the older generation, um, passing along their ways of doing things. And, and, and a lot of them were well-intended, but it's not the way I, I see the world now. And so when you start to question those things, the foundation of that belief system gets super shaky. And that's unsettling. Mm-hmm. It was unsettling for me. It's like, fuck, if I'm not this belief system, what am I? Because I mm-hmm. built my whole life around what I believe. And well, within that is having to be right generally and things are black and white in your mind and or I should say in my mind and just it creates a lot of tension as I started to let go of that again getting through that kind of dark night of the soul of oh this belief system that I've been fucking touting for you know it evolves right but over my entire life it's not me oh shit what am I what what, what do I have to hold on to and then on the other side of that if you stay with it long enough there's absolute liberation and freedom, right? You're free to use your word. You get to choose how you feel in a given moment. It may be different than you felt a week ago, a month ago, when you were 15. You get to choose and tune in. Mm, how do I feel about this? Well, what's the information that I know? What's my experience? I really like to lean on my own experience to get to my truth. Not an absolute truth, but my truth. If I don't have an experience, I'll do the best I can to get to the bottom of, of, of what I'm trying to, you know, sit with. But it's like just not having to be right. Like, mm. can we just be curious? Can we sit around, not just with our friends? It's pretty easy when we're all sitting around together mm-hmm. at Sun Life to find some common ground, right? There's not a lot of friction there's not a lot of challenging that may come, you know, I think we're still, everyone's still trying to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sort of, you know, just, we're not quite there in, in our relationships to, 
to, to challenge in a way, I, I would say. But we're also open and curious to each's, each person's experience and to take something from that and then maybe go have our own experience with it. And I think just being open, it's been one of the greatest gifts I've had is, is knowing, understanding that I don't know shit. I really don't. We make assumptions all day long. Again, I make assumptions all day long. Why is my wife seem to be in a foul mood right now? <laughs> what did I do? Yeah. And it always comes back to me for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I may have done something that triggered it, but what were the 15, 20, 100,000 other things that led to that moment for her feeling that way? And it's like, st- I literally had that on a, a, a ketamine experience. Mm. It was like, whoa, I have no idea. And it was so freeing for me. You know, I told you before, like, that for me, you know, the, the plants and otherwise have been, uh, uh, have been great tools for me. And ketamine in particular, it's allowed me to explore and understand in a way that um, is non-threatening. You know, so when I had that aha moment, that like changed so much. And it was, it was, it was in the context of exactly what I was saying about my wife. And it allowed me to just be open to not knowing, Mm. you know, when, one of my favorite responses is maybe, you know, and and if we can just throw that out there, no matter how sure we think we are, 100%, we can just invite maybe into the conversation. It actually opens everything up for everybody. Now, some people would be triggered because they're fucking absolutely mm-hmm. sure it's one way or the other. So maybe with them, you just kind of keep it to yourself. But when I, when I open up to maybe, ooh, I start to become a learner and I start to understand better and, and I let go of everything I thought maybe I knew unless there's a particular experience I've had and that's just my experience that someone else can have their own experience and their own truth. But, you know, that's, again, maybe a bit of a roundabout way. <laughs> there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot tied up in there. Parenting, dude. <laughs> When we were talking about this, when we were sitting down, parenting, mm-hmm. I'm doing that completely differently than I used to. And I think different than a lot of people. Yeah. And that's like, that's cool. Like I was actually going to like bring that in. And like, while you were talking, I wanted to, I've three things came to me of um, specifically to ask you about. So parenting, relationship, partnership, marriage, and then also money. Um, Just because, yeah. So, but at Sun Life is like, parenting is what like pinged me to be like oh that like we haven't i haven't heard many conversations i've seen a couple haven't maybe really heard heard them but i feel like kind of it's not the first generation but i guess it's you know it's um, multiplying as far as more conscious parenting or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um and so, and so, yeah, let's, let's just start there. And I feel like I was with, you know, a couple of babies yesterday. And I was just looking at this baby and it's just like, it's like, like I, looking at this baby, I was like, okay, um, there's no way that I can't not this baby, this child, this human 
cannot grow up without a story or programming or conditioning. That's just, we have to, like you said, we make assumptions, we assign meaning. It's just like the wiring of our brain has to form stories and beliefs and systems and structures so we can move forward. Like that's what we have to. And so I'm curious, like with that, what have you been able to do, whether it's because, I mean, you're talking about, you know, psychedelics and all these things openly in your home. Um, and as soon as as soon as I walk in here, like obviously like a gorgeous home, but a very beautiful vibe. Mm. And I can tell it's funny. Like everyone is open and I can feel it from everyone. Mm. Um, and so how have you c- cultivated the openness and unlearning and different beliefs about parenting and just, just flow whatever's in your heart. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Um, I think once I went through my period of, you know, deep unlearning that I, I started to question the way I was parenting and other people were parenting for sure, you know, but like I was questioning it all and it just didn't seem to be working. I, I wasn't building trust with my kids. I wasn't showing them. I had a moment maybe three years ago where we were all in the kitchen and admittedly I, w- I, was, I was under uh, the influence of a little bit of cannabis, mm. but it came to me, oh, wow. They're... Sure, like my wife and I were the reason their physical form is here, but they are their own individual souls. They're on their own journey. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Whoa, what does that mean? Okay, so my job is not to protect them from anything that can potentially harm them. There's so much gift in medicine in those experiences okay, so what does that mean? And it's it's not like I got it figured out, but when you come in, I think, when I've come in with, with that mindset, even when I potentially fuck it up, I'm open to being wrong about it mm-hmm. in, in like assessing what I did because I'm not using my dad's programming. I'm not using someone else's programming. I'm not using the program I've read from a book. Um, Like what feels like the right thing to do here? What does my kid need in this moment? Does my kid need to fucking have a hard time with this and and learn through life? Yeah, okay. Then I'll let him or her do that. Do they need, first of all, they always need to know that they're safe with me, that there's anything. They can ask me, tell me anything. I can handle it. You know, my 15-year-old, to your point, like I talk very openly about psychedelics. He's super curious about it. I give him books to read. I have conversations about it. I tell him whatever questions he has about my use, I shoot him straight. I'm building trust in him. So when something does potentially go wrong and he actually needs help, he'll come to me and know that it's safe. And that there's no judgment, there's arguably no punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's not to say that, you know, I want him eating mushrooms right now, but we're having conversations around it so he can understand what it means to be intentional with these things. And when the time is right, 
I don't know when that is, but when the time is right, he's at least keyed into that. It doesn't mean that behind my back, he's going to eat some mushrooms and not tell me about it. Mm-hmm. He's a kid. I was a kid. Like, there's stuff that he's just not going to tell me, and I, and I yeah. wouldn't expect him to. I want him to have, you know, that that kind of sovereignty in a, in a way. But he's going to figure stuff out, and... Um, it's 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 being open and and not this oppressive force in their life and sometimes it's a, it's a little too open and it gets a little too lax and it's okay mm-hmm. i can always bring it back in just like if i'm being a little bit too much of a hard ass i can lighten up but just knowing that i don't have it figured out and that what what's what's the goal here the goal is to give them the best experience not the experience with no issues the best experience. So what tools can I give them? How can I show up? How can I live my life to show them that like it, it's all good? In in whatever you need, I'll support you. But you're you're on your journey here. And you know, my 15-year-old was staying up late on his computer, playing games, and eventually, like I tried a few measures, you know. Taking his keyboard, he just would sneak another one. There were just different <laughs> ways. To turning off the Wi-Fi, he figured out how to hijack it. <laughs> Finally, I'm like, he's. Hopefully, he just gets to a point where he hits rock bottom with it, and he's so tired, and and, and that he'll have the his own awakening. And it happened. It, it took a few months, and it's not to say it's not going to happen again, but. <laughs> he's going to learn from that way more than dad being a prick and shutting all like. So I just, I just want to be open to doing it differently. Just because that worked last time, maybe it's not going to work this next time. Dude, that's cool. So, I mean, there's so many things on there, but the thing I want to touch on is what you said. One, they're their own individual person and being and soul having their experience, which I think is so important because often, right, it's like, that's my kid. Mm, he's a reflection of me. Yeah. Right. He's, yes. Fuck that. And it's like, well, like, again, it's like, yes, our, you know, the egg and sperm met. <laughs> like, the reproductive process began. But there's so much as far as, like, the soul of part, like, they're having their own experience. And what I love that you talked about is um, it's not my job for, to protect them, which to a lot of people will sound so backwards mm-hmm. because that's a big part of parenting. And, you know, as I focus on my focus and theme is on fear that is fear-based right is fear's job is to protect you and it's like but it's what you even mentioned with your wife is like why you're having this response of her not feeling a certain way is a reflection on you because you want to fix it so you can also feel better and don't have to deal with it Mm. right Mm -hmm. so same thing with a kid so with anybody in all time and i've noticed that in myself um over the past few weeks um, especially in my first psychedelic experiences of like how much judgment that's for sure been one of the most in feeling, I'll just leave it like that, like noticing how much judgment I have. So how, how do you be, how have you opened to the possibility of like, it's not your job to protect them? Yeah. And I think you're right. I think, you know, sorry if, 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 I'm not sorry, but I think that's a, you know, for anyone listening who that's how you're parenting, that's how I was parenting and it's fear-based. 
You don't want anything bad to happen to your kid. It comes from a very loving place, but it's through the lens of fear. And so you're trying to protect them. And imagine you protect your kid, you know, take from anything bad ever happening to them. And then what happens? They're 18, they go off to college. They're fucked. <laughs> they've got no of their own. They've never had to show up for themselves. They never had to advocate for themselves. They've never had to deal with any hardships when they're out in the wild, whether it's in college or anywhere else, when they're out of your home, maybe it's when they're 30, I don't know, whatever <laughs> your plan is, but they're fucked. You know, I had the 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 good fortune of my both both my parents worked. And they put a lot of responsibility on my sister and I to just some figure some shit out. Um and it created resiliency in us. We figured yeah. shit out. Whether it was making food for yourself or getting yourself from point A to point B, we had to figure it out. Or if something went wrong, like we fucked up, we got <laughs> we, we gotta fix this. Mm-hmm. And if you're always coming in, taking care of all your kids' problems, I get it. It comes like you love your kid. You just want them to have the best life, but you I, I really believe you're robbing them of having their own experience, of, of, of really understanding, of having skin in the game. And, you know, um, I just, I ask you to be open and, 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 and think about it through that lens of, of a kid who's had a lot of, you know, shit go wrong. Like, what does his life look like? You know, had, I shouldn't say things go wrong, had challenging experiences that he's had to work through. You know, my kid's not performing at school. I'll let the school take care of it. That's their job. I really feel comfortable at the school we're at that they're going to manage that. And if the school wasn't doing a good job, we should A, change schools. But it's not my responsibility to make sure you're doing your homework. No one worried about me doing my homework except me. And it it worked out well for me. I believe that, you know, it's going to sort itself out. My kid doesn't like school. Fine. I'm going to let you know that I think school's largely a joke. And I don't, you know, as much as I love the school we're at, I think the education system is a joke. It doesn't teach kids any life skills. You're, you're taught to memorize. Not even, you know, the experience you had. You're memorizing someone else's experience. It's, just, it's, 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 it's such a complete disaster that to any of my kids that don't enjoy that atmosphere... I'm not trying to drop the hammer. So, well, you got to get good grades so you can get into college. I don't fucking care. I agree. <laughs> I agree with you. There's, there, But there's a game here being played, and you have mm-hmm. to achieve a certain amount if you want to go to college, if you want to do these things. So I'm just like being trying to be very real with them. Like, yeah, school for most people sucks. Enjoy the time with your friends. Get your work done. Try to choose things that are somewhat interesting to you because there's a lot that's not. Like... I just don't think parents do that. And what do they do? They, you lose credibility with your kid when you say all this other bullshit that they don't care about. Mm. When you look at them in the eye and you say, I get it, man. School kind of sucks. Feels like a waste of time. It's a <laughs> fucking game. Like just maybe you can just play the game well enough to get to like, you're just playing a game here. And I think when you when you show up that way, you know, when I show up with, with my kid who's curious about psychedelics and I hand him a book and say, this book was really good for me. And 
and, and I hold space for his curiosity rather than say, dude, you're too fucking young to be even thinking about this. Yeah. They're thinking about it. There's, yeah, I can't keep him off the internet. Not that I would want to, but he's exploring all this stuff. His friends are, they're curious. So where do I want him to get his, his information from? I want to be a bit of the arbiter of that because I've had my own experience. I know what helped me. Maybe it'll help him. Maybe it won't. But I know people in my circle that I want him to talk to so they can share their experience. Otherwise, he's just going down YouTube rabbit holes or whatever they're doing (laughs) and getting that experience. It's like sex. Do do I want him to... That's my next question. (laughs) Yeah. Do I want him to learn through porn? I know he's going to look at it, but... Or do I want to have conversations with him about it? My experience is his age, what it may be like today, because I don't know, and just like open that up. And again, I can say that nothing you say is going to rock me, but I also need to show up that way. I need to prove it when he says something that may scare off some other parents and get... Mm trigger the fear response oh yeah. no fuck my kid's thinking about this doing this yeah they all are <laughs> this kid's just sharing it because he's free to and when they start to share it and they have that trust when they really really need you they know there's no judgment and i think when you you keep putting these rules out there and telling them what they can and can't do and a lot of parents do it and i used to do it i think think when they really fuck up and when you really need to show up mm-hmm. they ain't calling you because they're so afraid of the consequences yep. of what's going to happen so you've created fear in them by your showing up in fear by your fear yeah and so what do you want because ultimately i want to be the first phone call when the shit really hits the fan with one of my kids and it may or may not happen but I want they they need to know by the way I show up that I'm we're good. I don't fucking care what you did. I don't care. Like I got you. Call me and we'll sort it out because in those states fucking panic, we make really bad decisions. Mm. And so, you know, that's the kind of the ultimate almost the, the 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 game here for me is will I be the first phone call when they really need it? That's and, cool. That's a great question. Like my takeaways from that are I definitely want to be like the best parent. Like that's for me is like, man, I can't wait to be a dad. Like I'm super stoked for that experience. Like, and I know it'll happen perfectly, but what I took from that is also letting that go because really I'm doing it for me. It's like, I'm trying to be the best parent because I want to feel a certain way. So it's also, and I like what you said about, yes, you can tell me anything, but also if you don't want to tell me anything and you feel private about it, that's cool too. It's like, again, the no judgment, love no matter what, like, yeah, that, that's cool. So how do you approach sex with kids? Yeah, it's, um, you know, we're just talking about sex, drugs. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But it's the real thing of like, yeah. You know, when, when, when they start to, you know, as an example, when they start to get into a relationship with someone, excuse me, um, just being curious around it in a way that um, 
just trying to put myself in their shoes and almost giving my experience as a 15 year old, 18 year old, what it was like. And, um, just like opening the door for them to walk through and have the conversation and just trying to find the right time to, to, you know, not grilling them on shit. Like it, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it takes a lot of patience because you you have information to share, but if they're not ready to receive it, you're just fucking nagging them, mm -hmm. just bothering them, and yeah, like let me teach you this. Yeah, and you know, giving them some resources that that may be helpful. And it, it, again, honestly, sometimes it's like texting because face to face is maybe just a little bit too mm. uncomfortable, you know. But like maybe starting there and. Um, you know, one of my kids had, you know, his very first girlfriend broke up with her and you know, <laughs> Peyton didn't, uh, my wife didn't necessarily love the way he handled it. Mm. <laughs> my response in some, some regards was, well, maybe we have no fucking idea. We have no idea what their relationship was like. We have no idea how in, in any case, what she was contributing or not contributing, or he was, you're kind of making a judgment here. You don't know all the details. You know that. Yeah. You have the, your own story of what you saw and created. Yeah. We were fairly distant from this relationship. And so what I just tried to do is, is ask him questions around it and just to get a feeling about why things unfolded the way they did. And without saying you need to do this or you need to do that, this would be this is what a real man does. It's like, dude, this is how I was when I was your age, and I didn't handle shit the best. And you know, like even if you didn't do this one, you know, as as cleanly as you would like, like you can learn from it. it's okay. Like, and I'm not even judging the way you did it. I have no idea, but I have a whole history of <laughs> shitty breakups, mm -hmm. uh, and and so just um validating them and i think that's probably the biggest thing where the biggest space i've stepped into for my kids is validating their feelings and validating there's a reason they did it whatever they did and when i see them and hear them and validate how they're feeling about things they're just you build trust and it's real i want i want like i see you rather than me again get into my fear cycle and and start to put my shit on top of them but you shouldn't have in this and what's what happened so now what are we going to do you did this you know my wife and i had had a, a moment with our daughter a week ago or so and you know, I won't get into the details of it, and I apologize just to, to kind of protect everyone involved. Oh, yeah, yeah. But understandable. But my daughter was super upset and 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 angry, and that the way we handled it wasn't the right way to do it. And uh, my wife had her own way to feel about it, but my way to feel about it was, she got a point. We actually could have done this way differently because the way we did it showed a lack of trust in her and that was not our intention mm. what happened our fear response got triggered mm. and we went into fear mode and we did something that i i in, 
I don't want to say I regretted it because I learned from it. I learned like, ah, okay. And so I went back up to my daughter later that night and just said that. I said, you know, I don't think we, we handled this right. And I'm sorry. And you have every right to be upset with us and we'll do better. We're trying to figure this out. We don't know. Each one of these experiences is just new for us. Mm-hmm. We trust you. We love you. We'll do better, you know, and we, we need to, we need to stop thinking we need to be infallible to our kids. We need to own when we fucked up, when we've done it the wrong way, or we've done something that's you know, not in alignment with the agreements that we have as parents and kids. And, uh, you know, fortunately for me, I started doing that a few years ago and just like, it's just good medicine. Like you get more reps in where you just own it when it's like, you know what, I fucked that up. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, this is why I did it. And in the future, I hope I do it this way for this reason. And just to... Mm -hmm. And not just an apology, but just an explanation of like, yeah, I was in in, in, in fucking every case. It's because I was scared. I was scared. I responded. I didn't think. And I did this thing in a panic. And I wish I hadn't, you know? So this is how, you know, I hope to do it in the future. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's being, again, being human with your kids. They're not looking at it. Like they, they know fucking know when you're full of shit and that's what i've really keyed into Uh i watch kids and parents interact and i see the kids respond when when you know i have some some buddies and and, you know in women as well but like i just see my buddies and i they're fucking real and i see the relationship they have with their kids and i see the ones that are doing it the way I used to do it. And I can just see the kids like just saying whatever they need to say, mm-hmm. paying lip service and like just not, not connecting at all mm-hmm. with the message or what the parent is trying. It's, it's so clear where it's like, you're out of touch. You're just out of touch and, and you don't know it right now. You don't have awareness around it. But when you start to, it doesn't mean you have to listen to their music or do any of that. Like, but <laughs> You need to understand mm. that you don't know what it's like to be 12, 14, 18 in 2021. No, not now. Yeah. Like, so that's cool. So my last question about parenting, I think this will wrap it up perfectly, is there is such thing as being too open. What are your thoughts on boundaries? Yeah. I mean, the, the first response that came to my mind was yes. And it's if if you if you have if you're conscious around it you'll you'll recognize oops i was too open the boundaries were too you know uh were too open i need to reel that in and uh, and it probably depends on the child I oh, imagine as well the right the child the situation the situation and it may be different one day versus the next but it's such a fluid thing that we're, we're always learning. The, every experience is completely different as much as they may seem similar, but the context of it is so different that sometimes we, eh, you know, we have good intentions, we're open, and it's like, oops, that, that didn't go quite the way I thought it would. It's also a reminder, we don't really know how it's going to play out. So like setting up those boundaries, the kids need them. They, I think they crave them. They want to know that, 
you've got them, but they also don't want you to be, you know, that that oppressive parent that they're going to, you know, eventually they'll just hide everything from mm-hmm. and they'll get really good at lying. Yeah. Like my thoughts and why I ask about that is like, I definitely grew up in a family who talked about like sex things openly, but not like kind of not really. I guess for me is like, hey, like if I'm a father of a daughter, I don't want to hear the details of sexual encounters. That's just my personal preference. Mm-hmm. But for me right now, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but so at the same time is like, I want to be open with that conversation, like understand what's sacred and like have, maybe have that conversation with your mom or something like that. Yeah, so for me, um, and, I, and I totally get where you're coming from. I mean, my daughter's 14, and uh, my, my other two kids are boys. And it is different. I was just talking to someone yesterday. It's different, different having, you know, your boys and then your girl. Um, she's welcome to share any of it with me. Uh, there was a time where I would have been super uncomfortable with it. I don't think she will. But um, she's a human being. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what better way for me to show up for her, you know, or a great way for me to show up for her is to say, I can handle whatever whatever you need to share with me, you know. And um, actually what comes to mind also is my wife, uh, Peyton, put out a an ebook I believe it's called she becomes and it's it's a it's a dad's guide to connecting with their their daughter their teenage daughter that's going through puberty and you know having her you know uh they call it menarche but they're you know going through their menstruation period mm-hmm. and how to still show up for her when your little girl is changing that's cool and it's amazing, and there's a lot of great uh, kind of tools and resources in there, and and it's it's a great reminder that, you know, my daughter just doesn't go to my wife, and my boys just don't go to me. Like we want that to be open. Whoever you feel most comfortable talking to, in that particular moment, like we're here. Mm-hmm. And I think just just continuing um, to be to be unflappable when they come to you with stuff that's hard, you know, and just be like, you, you, like to, to be the rock, but not without emotion either. You know, my, my son a year ago, uh, his senior year of, of basketball broke his jaw at, at lunch while they were playing football. So got, he got his, you know, jaw wired shut, couple plates, all that. And it was awful, man. Um, it was hard for me as a dad to see my son go through that because I know how much he loves basketball. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love watching him play, but I love watching him play because he loves it so much. He's so alive in that moment that that was, that was going to be taken from him potentially for the whole season. And that was super sad for me. So I didn't show up as the rock in the sense that it didn't hurt me. It hurt me. And I cried in front of him and Mm -hmm. I did all the things to validate how he was feeling but also let him have his own experience with that. And I think that, you know, 
experiences like that are important for our kids to go through and for them to have their experience with it and not me just you know pawn all my bullshit off well when i was in when i was your age i broke my arm during my hockey season and i came back and no it's not about you or the same thing even like oh you'll be okay you'll be okay that bullshit even that like because that's that's my natural response as i've noticed like me being uncomfortable with my own emotions again it's like the fixing thing like no you'll be okay you'll be okay yeah and that was probably the biggest you know, and I, I've done a decent job with that, but this was like, okay, you want a master class and letting your kid know that this fucking sucks and I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know if you're going to get back for the rest of the season. I don't know. I don't know. But I know that we're just going to be in this. We're going to stay in what we're in right now. We're not going to rush to, you're going to be awesome. You're going to feel great. And you're going to come back and just... Think about like when you take that, you know, first three point, whatever it is, there's a time for that. Don't get me wrong, but it's not in the like post accident. Like it's just, it's, there's a lot of trauma being, mm -hmm. you know, kind of dealt with. And I, I think, as you said, like not going to that, it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. Like other people have done it. No, it's like when all that settles down, you say, Hey, listen, Here's three of my buddies who've had their their jaw wired shut. Like, let's let's talk to them. Mm. Let's see what the experience is. Let's see what the hard part is, and like that's more real versus this happens to people all the time, and you're going to be fine and you know, whatever. So it's it's being honest with them again, validating how they feel. Yeah, thank you for sharing that with me because even in that moment, just open. And, pot, and unlearning the possibility of having conversations with a daughter. So thank you. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, powerful. That's cool. So in transitioning into relationship, love, partnership, all that fun stuff. Because how old were you guys, you guys when you met? Um, it was, uh, we, we <laughs> technically got together in, I was 28. Okay. 27, 28. Okay, yeah. so you definitely, right, probably, would you say the first three-fourths were, quote-unquote, old way? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and I think, right, th that says a lot about you two, because it really does take two people that are committed to doing that. So what has that experience been like, where it's like, we did this construct of marriage and commitment in this way, and now we're both going through changes and, and healing, and definitely changing as people. Yes. And remaining, remaining like, hey, we're committed to this relationship at the same time. Yeah, great question. And and I'd say, actually, she and I did a podcast a year ago or so um, called Same Partner, New Marriage. Oof. If that's not a book, that should be. Right? <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. was, it was, it was, you know, with the exception of having, you know, Adrian Grenier from Entourage on it was the it's the most been the most popular episode mm. um and so with that three years ago um we were at a wedding down in mexico without getting into the, the kind of the details we were, we'd been kind of struggling for a bit you know i'd started kind of my journey about a year earlier she's always been on some kind of a journey mine is hyper accelerated <laughs> right so how i do things and so we're both changing, but at different rates. And 
in different ways. And we we were at this wedding. We Peyton and I did a Tamas Cow ceremony, so a sweat lodge for pe- for people who don't know what that is. And it's a very much a cleansing and a getting these things out, these toxins, whether it's thoughts, feelings, physical toxins. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, kind of coming out of that is like, there's like this, you're coming out of the womb through the birth canal and there's like this rebirth. And so after the two of us had that experience, the abuela, um, you know, asked if there was anything else. Peyton wanted her to, it wasn't bless the her wedding ring, but she wanted to do something with the ring and like clean, cleanse it, I guess. And because uh, she hadn't been wearing it for a few months, which I didn't even notice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not like she was just going out to <laughs> clubs trying to pick up dudes. But. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the abuela was like super in tune to where we were at. And um, we ended up deciding to have another wedding ceremony. So while we were down there at a wedding. The day after the wedding, we ended up having a wedding ceremony, just the two of us. I love that. And it was it was everything I would have wanted it to be. It was it was not the traditional mm-hmm. uh, kind of vows and all that stuff. We did that. Um, what we did was we honored our shadows. We honored like everything that had happened up until that moment. We honored the previous relationship that got us to where we are in that moment with our three kids, with everything that's happened and, you know, accepted or forgave, however you want to look at it, but accepted everything that's happened up until that moment. And it was really powerful to, to kind of put a pin in the first relationship because we were different people when we met in our roles, you know, at that moment, three years ago, had changed significantly and we wanted to honor that we were new people showing up in new ways for each other and our family and our friends. And I think just getting that clarity and understanding that we are different now and we're changing. And if this isn't, again, if, if, if we're not meant to be together for till the end of time, then, then that's okay too. Like, I think we're both grounded enough in, wanting each other to have the best possible life experience possible that if that's the outcome, you know, so be it, we'll figure it out. Um, but we're not holding on tightly to the marriage in that sense. So, yeah, I love that you talk about this. So thank you for sharing the, all of this really, but specifically with that's one story I've uncovered that was unconscious of is like the forever thing. Mm of and that a lot it's um triggered a lot of fear of like i've actually i've discovered a lot of my own fear of love because i don't want to get hurt so why am i going to commit to this thing fully if there's a potential of it not being forever but then i realized well nothing's forever right like literally this life is not forever my body's not forever my soul is but this marriage technically isn't some religions like i grew up in the mormon religion right they have a ritual and belief that no, you get sealed and like in the afterlife, you're married forever. But as far as my beliefs, right, even if you say about in this human existence, it's still not technically forever. So by saying that, there's so much like, woof, that, that's an unknown. It's like, I love you. And my partner said this to me too of like, like, well, this is what I feel right now, but I'm open to changing or this belief or way of, 
thinking may switch and that has scared me. So how have you dealt with that? Yeah, great question. And, and I think, you know, when, when we, when we approach these things, we re- approach a relationship out of fear. All we're doing is trying to strategize how to keep it on the rails <laughs> yeah, rather than just let it go where it needs to go. And when we, when we come out of love and, and, and we, when we truly love the other person and we can accept that maybe I'm not the forever partner, we just stop worrying about um, making sure everything's right. When we do that, and this is for fucking life, too like when mm-hmm. when when we just act from our heart and our intuition right now this present moment that's it we just stay with that and it could be investing like you asked about f- the finances earlier and i do a lot of investing and i finally sorted out about a year ago that i only want to be aligned with products and ideas that i fucking love and that i will tell all my friends about even if I didn't have money in it, even if I was not a part of it, like that feels really good for me, right? I'm not trying to angle for, you know, uh, different deals. Like I just, I, I, whatever comes, whatever I attract for different deals, that's what I'm attracting. It doesn't mean that if there's a particular deal that seems super interesting, I'm not going to try to learn about it, but I'm no longer trying to strategize relationships to try to serve me to climb higher in whatever the the paradigm is and i think mm. as i've let go of that you know a place like sun life <laughs> appears and and now i i get to go and spend time with who knows just a bunch of beautiful souls on any given day and you start to have those experiences they start to bleed over to other areas of your life. It's like, I just want to go where it feels really good and easy. And if I'm always trying to figure out who to hang out with, where to do, and there's all this, again, strategy and angling and trying to leverage. I mean, and, and, and now I'm super attuned to when someone's trying to do it for me. Oh, dude, you, yeah. Right? I can, I can only imagine. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, I just try to let it, you know, let them off with love, but at the same time, I know that because I've done that. I get mm-hmm. it, you know? So I have compassion for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're taught that that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have these huge networks. A buddy just sent me a great article yesterday and how, like, how you need to shrink your circle. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's totally what I've been doing. It doesn't mean I'm not friends with these people, but my circle, like you... you you only have so much bandwidth. And so we're taught that you've got to network. You've got to basically know everybody so that way you can have access to anything. It's like, no. Keep your circle tight with the people that you just love being with, that fill you up, that you learn from. And then by default, you know, you have five people in your circle. Each of those, you know, other people have five in their circle. So you're actually connected to a pretty big group when when you need to be mm-hmm. but you keep it really tight and really intimate and really deep and meaningful and that just really landed for me when i when i kind of read that article it's like yeah we the 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 kind of tighter we keep and it's not to be exclusive but it's just like being intentional 
right? And so back to the, the, the kind of the relationship piece, you know, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Stephanos, what was the, mm. the exact quote? It was, if you're not your partner's biggest, was an advocate, but fan, biggest fan. Yeah. Then why are you with them? Mm-hmm. Why are you with him or her? And that was just such an incredible prompt for me. It's like, Oh, cause I'm not always Peyton's biggest fan. You know, a lot of times there's the wounded child comes out and I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to not, it's so interesting. Like you get like that little seven year old who's afraid of getting in trouble and she's yeah. upset about something and I've done something wrong. I was like, I don't want to be mm-hmm. wrong. And it, it just convolutes everything. But if, again, if I lead with love, if I'm her biggest fan, if I can give her grace in a moment where she's really upset about something, What's on the other side of that for me for learning and understanding and her feeling supported and seen and loved and connected? That's all. That's all. I mean, I don't know if there are any women out there listening. You can probably uh, attest to this, but all the men listening, they just want connection. Mm -hmm. They don't want the other bullshit. The other stuff's nice. You know, again, this, you know, we, 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 we have a nice house here and all that. And she, she's grateful for that. But she would she would live in a tent <laughs> down in Zilker Park. Not this weekend because it's ACL. But uh, yeah. to just be connected. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. Because we've had, you know, financial means for a while. And there were, there were long stretches where we didn't have that connection. And when mm. the connection falls off, even now, because it does... That's what she's most craving. It's nothing else but just like, just me being there with her. That's it. It's it's pretty simple to listen and connect. Listen. Don't have to be right. Just listen. I'm saying this to everybody listening, but I'm <laughs> I'm really saying it to myself <laughs> yeah. for real. Just just to listen and. Um, much like with my kids, just validate. Like, yeah. Like, I get it. Or maybe that's not even the right words. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to choose your words more carefully. But, mm-hmm. but it's just to listen and to to acknowledge what they're what she's feeling, and just to be there. Dang, dude, that's good. Okay, last, potentially, maybe you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't hold you to it. We're open. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but potentially, the last question or theme is of so for you kind of what we talked about is you've built wealth on this old model right and now you're investing from this heart-centered place and I know I have so much trust in like not doing it the old way because I didn't spend as much time Mm -hmm. you know as as you and like I remember making my first investment risky as hell I invested 40 grand and the mind was the ego is definitely involved like well i can make this much this quick but like any smart really savvy investor was like we don't know enough about this yet but just my heart was just like there was something in it telling me to do it long story short is i eventually lost that investment but the roi on that is what allowed me to quit my nine to five job and essentially build the investment for my business Mm -hmm. so it was like i'm glad i did it like seriously ben or people tell me ben 
I'm sorry you lost that money. I'm like, no, please. Like, no, not at all. Like if I wouldn't have done that, I would still be doing the same thing. So thank you for <laughs> losing that money. And um, so my question is, I have a lot of trust in doing things the quote unquote new way or remembering the conscious heart centered, whatever you want to call it way. Um, but there's still a lot of fear that I feel. It's like this interesting mix of like, I trust, but then it's like, I kind of get pulled back. Well, it's like, I need to be this productive or this hard or make this investment or work this way. So what is your thought with someone who's built a lot of wealth in this way and then now is investing in this way? What, one, is it possible to do things the, we'll just say heart-centered way, to build wealth in that way? Have you seen anyone do it? And we'll leave it there. Yeah, so, uh, and I want to acknowledge, like, someone losing 40 grand when there that was, you didn't really mm-hmm. want to lose it. Obviously, no one wants to lose it, but mm-hmm. just acknowledging that that is the benefits of that. Uh, I think so many of us have had experiences like that and only choose to look at it as 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 a negative. Mm-hmm. And when we start to look at the thread of these things that have quote unquote happened to us, right? Yeah. As we know, they happen for us. So what's the learning? And you, you were able to see the benefit of that. Um, so I just want people to kind of sit with that a little bit. Like what, what, what hardship have you gone through? What challenge have you gone through in this particular, you know, maybe it's around money. Was there something actually good that came? Was there a silver lining in that? And if you look, there is definitely something or maybe mm-hmm. multiple things. Doesn't mean it wasn't hard and maybe you were depressed and all these things. It doesn't mean there wasn't some shitty stuff that happened. Yes. But. It's not like I wanted to lose it. I didn't sign up thinking I was going to lose that. Yeah. Yeah. But to answer your question, I think, you know, I, w- I, w- I would tell anyone, like, go, go, you know, as far as like making money, go do it whatever way feels right. Like I would never tell anyone to not use the old way because the mm. old way fucking works and it worked <laughs> for me. Uh. But where the old way falls short for me is it's unfulfilling. Mm. And I don't mean that making money is not great. It is. But don't think that once you do that, you make whatever it is, a million dollars, two million, five hundred grand, whatever whatever the number is, that it's you're gonna be fulfilled. You won't. And I think that's probably the greatest lesson I learned is no matter how much wealth I had accumulated, if I wasn't okay with me, then it didn't matter. Because if I'm not okay with me, I'm not okay with my relationship. I'm probably not great with my kids. But when you start to kind of uh, reintegrate that relationship with yourself. When I did, a whole new kind of paradigm opened up as far as investing and making money. And it became really fun mm. because I chose things like Feel feel Free, which is a, a plant-based tonic that I invested in. I love it. And I, and I love sharing it with people. Um, it's fun. I have a really good connection with the founder, J.W. Ross. That's really important to believe in the mission, the energy of it all. I started to realize that where I put my money 
is where I am putting a, a piece of me. So when I start to give to things that I'm just like hoping it's the next big thing <laughs> out of that FOMO, like I don't want to miss it if it takes off. There were plenty of things I used to do that for. And it's just like such shitty energy. But now it's, it's, it may be a phenomenal investment on paper, but if it just doesn't excite anything in me, then I'm going to pass. Because it's, it's empty anyway. It just doesn't have anything for me. There's mm -hmm. like, I, I want to feel connected in some way. It doesn't mean I'm micromanaging anything, these private equity investments or anything like that. No, I'm here to support them in any way I can. But I also want to be on board with these things that, that yeah, are aligned with my lifestyle and that are fun. You know, I'm in a lot of real estate deals and they've just kind of been fun. Mm. And I've gotten lucky that the real estate market's done well recently, but even if it didn't, like there's just something about playing, you know, it's mm. a kind of re reimagining working to make money and just like like how can it be playful? You know, sometimes it's just gonna be work. Sometimes you gotta grind. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But I think my biggest my biggest learning is that whatever your number is that you want to make and you feel like that's going to be like when you really, you've made it. Um, and I've had that number multiple different times that keep moving the needle. Uh, it's, it's, it's just most likely not going to be the thing that makes you feel uh, whole. It's about doing the, the kind of the inner work and being okay with all of it. So it's really, but you can do both. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sure there's times when I dip back into the old, you know, my, so I'm into crypto and I'm sure there's mm -hmm. the old trader me comes in and, you know, but I've, you know, I, I've, with, with that, it's been a good lesson for me to see how I react when my portfolio goes up or down. So when I'm in the right mindset, when I'm really heart centered, when it goes down, I get excited because I get to buy more for yep. a cheaper price and it goes up. I'm excited because it's worth more. <laughs> but yep. when I'm in the opposite mindset, when it goes down, I'm bummed because of the, the portfolio is worth less, even though I'm not selling it. Mm -hmm. Like I, I have no intentions of selling anytime soon. So that's kind of silly. And then when it goes up, I'm bummed. I didn't buy more. Mm -hmm. Right. I have experienced the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, that's when I checked myself. I was like, dude, why are you feeling like this? You know, that's just a story. Mm -hmm. Why are you in this? You're in it because it's fun. Yes, it can make you money, but it's fun and it has great energy around it. Okay. When you start having the, you know, the negative uh, thoughts around it, that's just the story I'm putting on it. And it just reminds me to check myself. What is it about me right now? What needs are not being met? For me. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, and so it's just like tuning in when that happens. And that's the beauty of like, I want to, you know, in my experience, just to remind people, it doesn't mean like you do this work and you stop having the thoughts. Yeah. To I mean, I'm 49 years old. I still have the thoughts. Me too. It's how you respond to those thoughts. You know, because for a long time, I wasn't even aware that these were these thoughts that were controlling the way I was feeling. But now the thought comes in, I see it. Sometimes I fall victim to, you know, going with it. But but oftentimes now I'm able to see that thought as a story that's not true. And then I get to um, do what I want moving forward. I just let that thought go. 
And then I need to tune in. Like, why am I having the thought? Why am I having that thought? Is there something that's, again, is there a need not being met by me right, right now? If so, okay. Sometimes I can't fucking tell. And that's okay too. So. Dude, yeah. Like, it's interesting hearing you talk about that. Because recently I've gone through a phase of like, it's like I have this, even though I have the evidence, like I actually have the data throughout my life experience that everything works out. And whether it's business, money, whatever. And then, but for some reason, it's just the story of like worrying about it. But I've also done experiments where like, like I've actually sold crypto before and I've consciously like, okay, here's what I'm just, it was play. It was like, here's what I feel right now. I press hit. I see this goal of my bank account. How do I feel now? And it was interesting because I felt the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that was such an eye-opening lesson to me. One, I was really, it was really cool and I was proud of myself because it was like with or without this, mm-hmm. same. But at the same time, it, again, like you said, it's a game and we're not going to go into like the illusion and the energetics and <laughs> how it's not real, but it's real at the same, you know? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. And dude, Cal, thank you. This was, even though it was, I, I dare say near perfect, nothing's perfect, but this was close to it. Awesome. (laughs) I really enjoyed it, Ben. Thanks for having me on. So welcome. Is there anything else on your heart that you feel called to share? No, just thanks for, um, yeah, thanks for the ask. Thanks for, for bringing me on here today. I, I, I love having these conversations and never know where they're going to lead. And I love, you don't show up with notes. It's just like, what's on your heart and Mm -hmm. let's just have this conversation. I think, um, yeah, I just know that I've learned a lot through hearing other people have conversations with through podcasts or otherwise. And, you know, I just, uh, I encourage everyone to, to take whatever maybe resonates and then go have your experience with it. You know, don't, don't take our word for it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some things that are maybe calling you like, Oh, go play in that space and see, see what happens. That's cool because, again, what we say isn't right or the best way for everyone all the time. Yeah, it's my truth. It's your truth. That That's mm-hmm. it. In this moment even, like maybe five years ago it wasn't. You know? Dude, even in, even in a month. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I changed on this podcast. That's right. So, so you never know. <laughs> well, dude, thank you. Like seriously, thank you. Thank you for yeah. sharing and being open. The intentions were met. Yes. And we're out of here. Awesome. All right, y'all, you know what to do. Make sure you go connect with Cal, his Instagram, his podcast. That information is in the show notes. Thank you, Cal, for being on this episode and blessing us with your experience, your wisdom, your love, and your insight. And thank thank you to each one of you for listening. Truly, you guys are here. Just thank you. It's so cool for you to be investing your time with this. If you haven't already, subscribe, follow, leave a review. You know all the fun things that podcast people tell you to do, but do it because you mean it and you want to spread the love and that energy out into the world. You want to reciprocate in that way. And I'll see you next time, my friends. Adios.